Yes, people, welcome to Above the Knee, the place where we keep it above the knee. My name is Liam Loftus. And I'm Jay Extended, keeping it extended at all times. And on today's episode, we are joined by Lewis Captain, Rian Cleverley. So, how, how, how is everyone? How are you? All good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Hey, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Happy to be doing this. Buzzing. So, is, I'm going to start with a bit of a nuts question, and I'll give you the reason why. So, me and my girlfriend were having a conversation yesterday. And she asked me what the best thing I ever bought was. Wow. And it's just like, when you, when you think about it, I was, like, I was like, I know what it is. And I was like, oh, actually. And then it took me some time. And I'll tell you now, mine is my PlayStation 4. Like, <laughs> I remember saving up for it. It was like my first big splurge in my paycheck. And I remember getting like butterflies when I bought it still. And I was like, bro, like, oh, I don't think I can do this. Mm. And when I was saying it, like, my little dog was sat next to me and she was like really your your best ever purchase and i was like yeah sorry Kobe. Like, <laughs> i was like you're you weren't really like the best one like that like well, you're nice but like you haven't got as many hours as the playstation still <laughs> oh that's a good question i feel like yeah like when you know you've worked hard for that and you like it build up the money to get it like that means a lot to you i don't know if i've ever done that i, I can't really save money very well I feel. Oh. I think actually for me a couple of years ago so I thought it was the best present ever for someone else so I bought my mum and dad I saved up when I bought them a hot air balloon experience for Christmas I was like I'm gonna be like the favorite child for the first time <laughs> ever and they still haven't it's been like two years now they still haven't done it like I'm pretty is that sure it's like it's like COVID and stuff though you know they say they say that but I mean there's not many people if, if you go up in a hot air balloon like there's no yeah. risk of COVID is there so, yeah and it's all that air as <laughs> I don't know the air couldn't get pure really (laughs) so I thought that was the best gift or like the best thing I've ever bought but I don't know maybe it wasn't appreciated as much as I thought Um, I thought that counts that's what they say isn't it exactly Jay what about you I'd say it has to be my PS5 I think it's just because when the PS4 came out I remember I went to school when someone had it there was just like this really rich kid and his dad got it for him, like released there. And I was like, everyone went to his house, but I wasn't allowed to. Like my mom was really strict. She was like, you have to go home straight after school. So I was like, don't get to play it. So I went home. I was like, oh, mom, can I get a PS5? Can I get a PS4? And she was like laughing at me. And I was like, okay, pretty much I'm not getting it. And then like the PS5, like, you know, that big announcement, the PS5's coming in November. Mm. And I was like, oh, now I thought about the younger me. I was like 15 year old James couldn't do it. I was like, no, I'm doing it. So I proved it. And I got adult money. Yeah. And then I was like, the day it came out, I was like, the Amazon guy was like, I'm around. I was like, I was looking like a meerkat. You know, meerkats just stand up like, where is it? And then it finally came and I was like, 15-year-old James wanted this moment. And <laughs> I now... Out now the <laughs> I, I can't believe you got a release yeah. date. I've never got any I got it release date. It was, inc- it was incredible. It was, it came at 3.12. I remember the exact time it came, three twelve. <laughs> like the booth. I was smiling with. I was smiling with it. You it know when they say we need to take a picture of it. <laughs> when they say you need to take a picture of it, I was smiling with it. Like, thank you, mate. I hope you go to next to it like the FA Cup trophy. Yep. Slept with it. Everything. It was. It was a special moment. That's the best thing I've ever spent. That is mental. I wish I'd got mine on release day. It wasn't quite as special. But I got it. I'm so happy it now. It cost a bomb though, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does It does burn a hole though. Yeah. And there's like the two versions. So I was like, I'm not paying the the bigger yeah. one. I was like, yeah. I want it. I, I, I really want it. But I'm also... Yeah, I, got the, I got the cheaper one. I said, I also don't have yeah. the money to want something that bad. I was like, yeah. nah, I, can't, I can't deal with that. So I had to wait. I had to yeah. wait. I got it. 
Buzzing and I out. thought about lockdown. I said lockdown's probably coming. This was during like lockdown. And so I was like, this is an investment, you know, this is going to keep me happy when I can't go out and stuff. So yeah, it hasn't let me down. Good. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Right, Range, we, let's, let's start with your footballing journey. Because like we, me and Jay were talking about, and you played football in the States. Yeah. And I just think like we were saying, I wish I could I couldn't afford her to go play yeah. abroad anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but like, talk, talk me through your journey. So from like playing football growing up to now almost. Oh, I feel like Jay shared this story like 50 times now. He knows me. I love it. It's, I a good, it's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, like the first memories I've always obviously like kicking a ball about in the garden. I like vividly remember like my mum not wanting me to play football. I think like she always like obviously wanted to do what makes me happy, but she just, it kind of wasn't common knowledge that like it was like boys play football, girls go dancing, gymnastics kind of thing. So yeah, I was told no quite a lot when I was younger, but they obviously couldn't stop me in the garden. So I had two brothers who both played, but they weren't very good. So I think that automatically like gave me some positive reinforcement to think that I was better than I was. Um, so I think that like provided a lot of motivation from a young age. Um, and then she finally gave in um, and let me play. I uh, joined like a local boys team, uh, played for them for like five years and still friends with some of the boys now back at home. Um, and then from there, like I think the age maybe 14, this is like nine to 14, I played for them. It was you had to play for your age group and the age group above. So I think that was the year that I was like, OK, like these boys are quite a bit physical, like fa faster than fitter than me now. So I was like, is there any girls teams around? And the, the nearest girls team was like 20, 30 minutes away in a place called Abergavenny. So I have like good memories um go in there there was like a group of us girls that lived in a local area all together um like a bit a couple of years below and, and above and we all used to like travel together it was like a good group so where other girls maybe were like quitting because they it was not like the popular thing to do like the core group of mm. us kept each other motivated and it was good healthy competition and we all actually represented Wales like in the age groups growing up so that was really really good too to have like those role models um and then from there I moved to Bristol um, I did my A-levels and played football. So that was like the first real taste of like, I guess like a professional experience. So there's no no money in it then because I was still quite young, but just uh, supposed to be studying, a little bit of studying and then uh, football too. Um, so they, I was good and that kind of set me up. Um, we used to do like A-levels in the morning and then we used to train with the college and then I was lucky enough to be picked and, and I signed for the first team, I think to make up the numbers at the time, but obviously as a little kid, you, yeah, you don't really, yeah, you're, just, you're just like, yeah, I love this, counts. it's so good, yeah. Um, so we used to be like, I'd get up at like half six, drive over to Bristol from Wales, do my studying, train with my age group and then wait around for like six hours, sleep in my car, get like a Tesco meal deal <laughs> and then wait for the first team train in the night. We'd get finished at like half 11 um, and then drive home and then be home at like midnight, one o'clock. And then all the motorways were always closed. So it was a nightmare. You'd have to like, just, yeah, luckily like one of my best mates, Ellie Leak, she did it with me. So it was, it was horrible, but it was like really good at the same time. It was character building. And then, um, uh, yeah, we did that like Monday to Friday. And then Saturday was kind of like, you just slept it all off. Um, and then Sunday, obviously play your game. Um, so that was good for three years. Um, and then I knew at the time, obviously, I was still involved with the first team, but they had a very good squad at the time. They had like Sophie Ingle, Jess Fishlock, Gemma Rose, um, Tash Harden and Harrod James, who are obviously like really good, good footballers still now. Um, I just knew I probably couldn't break into that team. I was quite young as a, as a centre back too. Um, I knew you probably needed a bit of experience. So my options were either to go and sign for Reading or go over to America. Um, I wasn't 100% sure, i got to be honest. I know like Bendit, like Beckham and stuff is very appealing, mm. but um, 
I just didn't know whether it was the right thing for my development because the game was growing so quickly here. Um, but I just spoke to the coach. Um, he was from England and he kind of just said, look, come, if you don't like it, you, you can always leave. There's nothing stopping you. Um, so, yeah, I went to Hofstra University in New York and I never came back. So like four years and it was, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was it was hard times. Obviously, you get quite homesick. I had an injury quite early on. Um, I sprained my MCL in the first first game, I think, so early on. And But there was great support. I had um, a roommate from Australia. So I think it helped me develop the side of there's more to life than football at times. And if football's not going well or if you're injured or um, if you're not performing well or you're unlucky, like how are you going to get that like enjoyment and that satisfaction in life otherwise? Because I, I, obviously you need to be happy to be performing at your best. Um, so, yeah, it was a good experience for me as a, as a player and a person. Um, Looking back now, like when he was at Bristol and driving all that way, I'm, I'm assuming it would just felt normal at the time. Like stuff like that does... When you're in the moment, you just think, yeah, this is what mm. I'm doing. Like, this is what my life is. But looking back, do you think, like, that's so mental? Like, Honestly, I don't know how we did it. Like, I remem vividly remember sometimes we'd play, like, a Wednesday college game. Like, it could be home or away, so we'd play, like, 2 o'clock. And then we'd wait around and train pre-season because it was a summer league back then. We'd do, like, pre-season running with the first team in the night then. So you'd play, like, 90 minutes and then just, like, do a fitness session at night. But obviously, we were just so privileged and, like, lucky to be training in that environment at the time so it was uh, Mark Sampson who was the England who then went on to be the England coach so he was such a good coach and really developed me as a player um so yeah you kind of like the pain and, and the doms and all the the muscle aches and stuff you kind of just forget about that because honestly we were having fun we were having such good good fun it was a great team environment and we were just very lucky to be there so yeah um it was worth the pain let's put it that way <laughs> I always think like whenever I look back on things, I'm like, oh, I missed out on so much sleep. Like I wake up now and I'm a little bit tired. I'm like, bro, in that, that day in year 11, I should have gone better. Like, I've been fine yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all catches up on you in the end. Doesn't oh, it? But, so bad. Yeah. So in, let's talk American. Like, what did, what did you think of New York? What was your initial thoughts? Like wow. your first day yeah. in New York? Yeah, I think but I remember because I got into in preseason <clears throat> It's, it's quite strict, so they don't want you to be on your feet quite a lot. You do do like two, three sessions a day. But because I got injured, I remember my coach letting me go into New York City. It was about a 20-minute um, train journey. Uh, he said, like, you can go in on your day off rather than resting because you're injured. Like, we know you need, like, to um, get a bit of positivity. Because my friend from Wales was in the city at the time. So we were, okay. my first day was going to be meeting up with a friend from Wales in the city. And I remember my knee being really sore, and he was like, just make sure you catch the subway so when you get there like don't be walking around loads like get the subway to wherever you're going to meet in um Times square or whatever but i just couldn't work out the subway system so i remember like i got the main train in and then i we got up from i think it comes out of madison square duck gardens and just being like wow like you can watch movies and you can see it on tv and stuff like that but nothing really like prepares you for the real thing um so yeah it was cool like, even just like the smell and the sounds and stuff it sounds ridiculous but it's just everything is just bigger and better over there. Um, so, yeah, it was such a good experience. And I remember meeting my friend who I grew up with um, just, yeah, in Times Square, which and we kind of had a photo with the Welsh flag and stuff and did all, like, the touristy thing. But, like, little memories like that, um, it, it was really cool. Um, rather than meeting up in, like, a bar or a pub, it was just, like, meeting up in Times Square. So, yeah, really good memories. So. What, did you, what did you think of Times Square? I've been before and it's just so much going on in not that big of a place yeah but it's still like it's still big but when you consider everything that's going on i remember like there was a guy in like an iron suit sort of thing but i think he was just painted silver 
And then yeah. there was like kids doing backflips and like, and I'm like, I don't really know what's going on here. It's just, so, it's like so overwhelming. Like you were saying with the subway system. Yeah. Like, intense, isn't it? It's like, it's just, you, you forget looked, what time of day it is. Like I remember like, we just got out for a few drinks one night and like we we knew obviously it was late, but it was like three o'clock in the morning. You just don't realize that the time because <laughs> nothing closes. Yeah. Right. Nothing closes. Yeah, because like they'll have like uh, American Eagle, which is, like obviously like a top shop or something, mm. open at like three o'clock in the morning. Like people are just shopping in the middle of the night. It's just <laughs> madness. Um, My thing is like it feels from watching so many films like down. It, everything feels familiar, but you ain't yeah. got a clue. Like, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I know Central Park. I've seen that on. Friends like Madagascar, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, bro, I don't know anything. Like, yeah, but it yeah. just—it's such a weird. I always find it like really weird because it's such like it feels like it should be familiar. I know all these streets, I know all these places, I know the sound. Someone goes, oh, like I'm going to. I remember we were like driving through somewhere, and I saw like Flatbush on the wall, like on the street sign. I was like, oh, are we in Flatbush. And someone was like, yeah. And they're like, do you know here? And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> but I knew the, the I knew the name, like the yeah. name recognized. Yeah. And it's just like I just found it such a mental place. Like, yeah. do you think yeah. it makes you almost want to show extra hard that you're Welsh when you're in somewhere like America, like really determined to like remember your roots and that kind of thing? Um, I think people make it very like there's no way you can forget. So I think I remember like, a lot of times being in like a class. Um, and just as soon as you speak, everyone just like turns their head like you spoke in a different language or something. Um, so things like that, you get a lot of attention for your accent and obviously being from another country. Um, and that can be good and bad. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely started conversations, helped me make friends. Um, at Hofstra, there was a lot of internationals. So sometimes I think if you stayed on campus, you you could very much forget that you was in America at times. So it, again, that was nice because you, you it was like your home away from home and you had a little family there. Like people like Leah Galton from Man United. Um, I was close with like Chloe Dale, who you grew up playing for Chelsea and stuff. I think Amber Stobbs that you know quite well too. Um, so there was, yeah, there was loads of us internationals and kind of always stuck together or they looked out for each other because they were a couple of years ahead of us. So they mm. they set up their banks, they'd set up like their mobile phones and stuff, little things like that that you don't even think about when you move. Mm. It's not just moving teams, like you're changing everything. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was really lucky to have people like that. But um it, it made me appreciate home a lot more, I think, which is the nice thing too. So I always remember like we we were lucky to come home every Christmas and then in the summer for a, a little bit of time too. So it was always like, yeah, I come, couldn't wait to see my family, uh, my friends, like straight to Nando's and, and things like that. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for that because I definitely think that I took stuff like that, especially like my family and how lucky I was with them just for granted a little bit when I was at Bristol, um, just having all my like kit wash for me and, mm. and ready and like food and stuff on the table um so yeah it was definitely a good like learning experience in, in that sense i think what's your nando's order now right now what would, like nando's someone oh. goes, you want a nando what are you ordering well i'm a bit angry about this because um <laughs> the fino pitta is the best but i don't know like a lot of places haven't gone back to that since covid it's like i don't know if you've had it but it's like a pitta wrap mm. with chicken thighs and halloumi it's just like the best combination mm. um but yeah, like it was on the menu the other day and I was like, they brought it back. And then I went up to the till and they were like, oh no, sorry, we don't have that anymore. So my oh. hope, yeah, it really killed me. Um, how Nothing stresses me out more than like going to, having an idea and being like, oh, I'll, be, yeah. I'll have this. And they go, oh, we've not got that. Mm. Yeah. And like, especially when it's like staff that come to you. Oh my God, that like <laughs> anxiety of, oh, you've just told me no. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, my whole day's ruined. Exactly. And I'm like, I don't really, 
But sometimes you're like, oh, I want this, this, and this. But if you go somewhere, you're like, yes, this one. This is the only reason I'm on. Like, if you went to Nando's and you're, you're going because you crave that, not exactly. there. Yeah. I'm locking it off. I'm never going back again. I'm just going to go home and cry. <laughs> What's yeah. your order? Mine. You know what? This is, I'm, I'm controversial because I don't really go Nando's. Oh. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I don't Fair think enough. it's, I Will think it's good. Then? I think it's that, I think it's good, but like, I'd rather go to like a little like a local place, support local okay. than that. Do you know what I mean? I like Fair all enough. of that. That's Fair enough. that makes me feel, that makes me feel like a valued customer. But obviously, <laughs> I have been. I'm not I've just a number. So I'll be like um like chicken thighs and like the peri peri salted chips and then halloumi and probably mash. Even though like mash chips and mash is a bit mental, yeah. like, and it feels it feels mental ordering it as well. Yeah, like this guy potato two ways. If I was in like a Michelin restaurant, I love potato two ways, please. But like it's, it's like a nuts thing. But yeah, that's and then like I usually go medium and then hot sauce. But I had like um, a German friend, or when I was working at Man City, he was like the esports player, and he didn't he'd never been to Nando's before. And you just forget because it's something we do. You go and we sit mm. and we order and we go up and then get your drink. And this guy, I went up and ordered and he just sat there and just yeah. didn't really know what to do. When's the waiter coming? Like, I and tell him and he was like, okay. And he's like, so what's this? Nando's. And I was like, yeah. And he was like on Snapchat showing his friends. And it was like, I was like, bro, like, don't you have Nando's in Germany? I mean, this was a few years ago, but yeah, like yeah. just didn't have a Scooby. And I was like, bro, this is a simple concept. Like it's chicken and chips. Don't worry. Like you're going to like it. Oh, I remember this one time in um in America, there was one there's one Nando's I think it's in uh, Washington. So we had like an NTA game, which was like a big game. So we had like one day where we could like go around the town before before the game. So we knew we had like an hour to ourselves. And this Nando's was like 25 minutes away. So we were like, if we if yeah. we jog there, we can like jog there, get this Nando's, and then jog back. <laughs> so all us British girls just like see us just sprinting down the road like the biggest game of our careers the next day, and we're like sprinting down the road for this Nando's, but. Yeah, the, the addiction's definitely died down a little bit, but um, yeah, still very much there. How about you, Jay? What, what would you order? Uh, four chicken thighs, three wings, and two... No, sometimes I get the rice and I get the chips, or sometimes I just... Sounds like a Christmas carol then. Four chicken <laughs> yeah, bro, that was, that was almost musical as you went into yeah. it. Ah, I didn't mean to. I'm just so used to saying it, because I usually get nerves going to Nando's, because it's like they always ask, what do you want? And I'm like... So I, so I planned it in my head. So I was like, so I just say it like, and I hate when they interrupt me because I know what I'm about to say. Don't ask me what spice. I'll say it at the end. I thought about it. I'll let I've you know doing what this spice. For a while. I've been doing Nando's for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm a Nando's addict and Nando's is 25 minutes from me. So I always get it delivered. It's, it's beauty. It really is. I like, I really go hard for Nando's. Like, it's never changed. The first time I went, I was maybe 14. And like, I saved up money from like school money to go Nando's with my friends. No wonder you couldn't afford a PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You used to take them, you know, the chicken, like the the chicken on a spike. Yeah. That's it. I remember the first one went to Nando's. I took it. I'm taking it. I was like lit. I don't know why. It was when in between us was massive. So they obviously spoke about Nando's a few times. I was like, bro, like, what is this Nando's? And then someone took me and I was like, I was like, yes, like it's a Nando's chicken. I'm gonna take it. And I'm it was, I don't like, I took it. I thought it was so legendary. My mom was like, you stole it. This this I wasn't even young, I was like 18. I was like, stole it. I was, <laughs> I was nervous. Like I was proper nervous. <laughs> no, you can't sleep because your belly's a bit like <laughs> living life on the edge. No, you gotta you gotta watch. Yeah, you have to. But like so on the on the subject of food, because I always love like I don't know if you love cook, but your go-to a dish. 
you come you come home you've got oh no not even not you come home because sometimes you're in a rush you wake up and you think oh, i'm just gonna cook what, what's your what are you gonna cook what are we cooking out i need more information what time of day is it what day is it what have i got training the scene. you got you've got no training you've got a completely free day you've okay. had a little you've had a little lay in i mean let's say dinner you've had breakfast but like nothing heavy just like uh-huh. grazing throughout the day maybe and then you're like you know what i'm a fancier like a big dinner I do love lasagna and I learned how to cook lasagna when I was playing in France. I live with this um, French girl who's a bit older than us, Ello. Uh, she was a legend and she worked in a restaurant for a bit. So that's where, because in America we had like swipes, canteen swipes. So I, other than like poached egg and like basic pasta, I could not cook because we just go to the canteen. Mm. So I get to France and I'm like, oh wow, like I, I can't even cook for myself. So I learned a lot there. Um, so yeah, las- lasagna from scratch is probably my go-to. Um, but that is quite a lot of effort with like that. Is it Belchimo or white sauce? Yeah, um, it's quite hard. Would you make all the white sauce and everything? Yeah, yeah like from scratch with, with a bit of garlic bread. Um, so yeah, that's probably like if I want to impress someone, it would be the lasagna. If I'm cooking for myself, I don't know, something easy like stir fry. I know it's boring, but it's just it takes five, ten minutes. Quick, it? Yeah, so how about you guys? I feel that I like the lasagna, but my thing with lasagna is. I'm very much one of them people. If if I cook it, I'm eating it all. Like You're unless I'm sharing. cooking for You're someone. No, 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 not that I won't share. I'm not like if we're all like up mine for dinner. Yeah. I'm not going to cook up a whole, got the whole pot like this. And eat the whole thing in front of you. <laughs> we'll, me and Jay are just order Nando's. You get yeah, like, <laughs> and a Nando's near me. You got struggling. <laughs> but like you know when like, I I never learned portion control. Like I just from like university and. I don't know, it's just a skill, isn't it? Like, I don't know, like, I put in what I think is a handful of pasta. This is going back to uni, and it's feeding me for the month. Like, so much <laughs> food. But, like, I always do it. But, yeah, lasagna. I've not made lasagna for a little while. We made a, we made sushi yesterday. Oh, nice. That's that hard, like, Nah, it's not actually too hard. We got a little rolling mat, like a little cheap okay. thing, which makes it a lot easier. But, yeah, I think if I'm trying to impress people, a sushi because it comes out and like you can put it on like the wooden boards yeah. and arrange it nice yeah that's always a, that's always a, that's always a winner different jay what about you i feel like i'm interviewing you I've now, only, but... <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see it but um i've only recently just started to cook because i've moved out for the first time so i'm not near like my mum and stuff so it's like it's literally she's two hours away so it's literally if i don't cook i'm gonna have to spend money and i'm already spending mm-hmm. enough money as it is so i've learned how to cook so i'm not gonna lie mine's very basic but everyone's gonna enjoy it because I've made it so it's just simply chicken and it's not macaroni and cheese it's cheesy pasta so I've made the pasta and I've just grated the cheese over it and then I've put it in the microwave it's delicious nice that's all right yeah if you want to cut out a trick I'm I was a firm believer of no microwave I'm no a microwave, microwave. Conspir- I'm a I'm a microwave conspiracy theorist love me think, a microwave I just wow. think they're a bit they're a bit mad so I never really? had what? one. Like when I moved out, I never had one. So my girlfriend's got one now. I don't like using it. So if you wanna you wanna cut out the micro you wanna cut out the microwaves, Jay, like just you throw your what? pasta, throw yeah. your cheese in the pot, keep it going. Do you know what I mean? You know what? That's true. That's I'm, I'm taking mean? tips. Go, if anyone's got cooking them. tips, I'll take them all. <laughs> keep the microwave. Like, you can't cook. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not I'm just not sure on it. I don't know why. Just something about it. You need to talk to one. You need to talk to one. Just sit down with a microwave one day. Just have a conversation. Just find out what the issue is. I used to. I'm used to use it all the time. Actually, everything. Like I went as a kid. I remember doing like scrambled eggs in the microwave. Yeah, I do that. 
And they used to explode. <laughs> my mum was fuming. Oh my God, she come home and be from school and she's like, all right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just have some eggs. I'd like scump her upstairs and I'd hear her. Like, oh, I'll go down. And she's like, what's this? I'm like, oh, I had some eggs. And she's like, did you eat any of it? All this in a microwave. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it just, it just blew up. But um, talking on poached eggs, actually, if you have a microwave, boil the kettle, mm. microwave it, uh, microwave the kettle. But mm. like boil the kettle, pour that into a bowl, crack your, make a little vortex, crack your poached egg in there, bang it in the microwave, minute and a half, perfectly poached egg every time. I wanted to ask, especially, you know, because you're at a team like Lewis and like, I feel Lewis is like the people's team. Like when you go there to the dripping pan, like everyone's in a great mood, like especially how people talk about Lewis. Do you feel like you have to be a role model? You just feel like being at Lewis, it's kind of like it matches your personality and then it's easy for you to just go out there and represent Lewis. Yeah, I think um, being at Lewis, I, I don't think I realised I was a role model until mm. I came to Lewis, okay. if that makes sense. So there's a real nice picture that we have a great um, cameraman called James, um, Ginger James, call him. And he he takes very bad photos of me, I've got to be honest. There's, there's some really, <laughs> always catches me at my worst moments. But there is this really nice picture and it's like me um, signing an autograph with this little girl. But she kind of looks similar to me, like she's uh, like brown hair, long brown hair and stuff. So it's quite nice. It kind of looks like what I would have looked like at that age, I think. Oh, so okay. um, yeah. that was looking at that photo was probably the first time that I was like, oh, wait a minute, like I'm a role model in this situation. So that was quite nice for me. Um, and I think, yeah, just being at Lewis, it gives you a lot of opportunities to be a role model and like give back. Um, and I think being at Hofstra in America, that was something that you always tried to do is like doing a more volunteering and, and obviously like giving back to the community and stuff. Um, and yeah, and being at Lewis is just something that I, I, I enjoy doing that. Obviously, it's hard when, you, when you've got uni and you've got football or you've got work and other things as well. But um, I think now that we're able to go a bit more full time, you, you do have a bit more time to do that. Um, so like I think it was last week or the week before I managed to get down to one of the under 16 training sessions. And it was just like really good to just just see them and, yeah. and, and to get to know them uh, as girls, too. Um, and yeah, just like and as you said, Jay, like when you come to the dripping pan, then um there's just some some really like good people here mm. um so it makes you it's not it doesn't feel like work or it doesn't feel like volunteering because you, you just enjoy doing it then like so mm. yesterday we had uh like sussex and like surrey police officers in the building um so they had like a day jam-packed with stuff um i think they had a talk with maggie they had a talk with new uh, head of performance kelly um they had some lunch they did some football and then they did a chat with me i did like respect in the changing room um but then we ended up like the day doing like a chanting workshop so they were like <laughs> learning all these chants and karen's got a chant of them doing like chanting my name and stuff so it was like <laughs> it starts you you just get involved and then yeah, i was yeah. supposed to be here for half an hour and then i ended up being here for like three or four hours so it's yeah um so, so a long-winded answer to your question is like yeah it's just the the environment here it just sets you up to be a role model and i think you can do as little as much as you want but i think it's our duty as like women's footballers I think if you can like inspire like the next generation and stuff and, and give them what maybe we never had um it's only going to help the game grow so yes yeah, it's, it's a win-win I think I think that's one of my favorite things about going to women's football is like after the game you always see all the kids like surrounding the pitch yeah, yeah. and they actually and they start take pictures sign things and you're just like bro like I always just think like that could make someone's whole life Mm. Like that's yeah. something they're going to remember literally for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's like such a special moment. Like I think that's like unbelievable. Like for you to have that on camera as well, like it's just yeah, I think that's wicked. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really nice. Like I know. So I have like loads of obviously like fo football boots and like football shirts and stuff. Because um, normally when we play for Wales or, or at the end of the season, like you get one of your shirts. And my mum is going crazy. She's like, if you bring another pair of football boots or football shirt back to this house, like I will burn them. Like she's just had <laughs> enough now because my house is just full of football shirts. So I've started like giving them out to this like young girls who either like put a bit of interest into the club or or seem to be doing like some some good work. So I think that's something that I think has been really good the last couple of seasons. So there's one girl here, Izzy. Um, who's young she's like literally six and she's just started playing and she just loves it and she's obsessed now with like the club and everything so it's really cool just to see her like getting involved and even like my little cousin cousin back at home in Wales um she texts every Sunday just to let me know how she's got on at a football match and it's kind of like there was like one week where she won and scored and got player of the match and I think we played and we were awful so I was like embarrassed <laughs> to tell my six-year-old cousin yeah. <laughs> that we we had a really bad game so it's just little things like that that just after a loss or after like a bad performance or after a bad day, like it's, it's bigger than and winning a game, isn't it? So yeah, as you said, it's, it's really cool. And that's, I think that's one benefit of, of women's football over men's football at the moment. Who was your role model growing up? Um, mine was, I was lucky I had Alex Scott, I think. Um, so yeah, the, obviously the Arsenal women's team at the time when I was young was probably the only time you could watch women's football was on the uh, FA Cup final. So like once a year. Um, so I'd always watch her and she was obviously really good like right back I used to play right back a little bit when I was younger uh, for England and Arsenal so she was cool but I remember I don't know if you hear this story before Jay but I made my debut for Bristol playing against Arsenal in the mm. Conti Cup Yeah. Uh, my best friend Elite came on um, and she got megs by Alex Scott I think it was two maybe three times in about 20 minutes so uh, <laughs> it was just like yeah just really funny and like I think we we always laugh about it now and look back but it's quite cool to think that they were our role models and then we managed to like play against them um and yeah she's doing great work off the field now too obviously Alex Scott so it's it's good that there's there's people like that and even if I can do like two percent of what what she's managing to achieve it it would be great to help inspire the next people yeah did you think like growing up playing football like when you was out kicking the ball with your brother sort of thing did you think it ever you'd ever like it ever lead to here like you saying that like you're you sort of feel like a little bit of not pressure, but like onus to inspire the next generation. Like, could you have even like conceptualized that as a kid, like playing football in the garden for, oh, you know what? Like, I'm going to play football because I want other girls, like younger girls, to look at me and go, yeah, I can play football as well. Did that even yeah. like ever cross your mind? Like, when was the first time that you thought, like, oh, like, this is, like, I'm doing something here? Yeah, I think, I think only maybe in the last couple of years I've done a master's in sports psychology. Do I like, learn to reflect and like look back at like not just what I've achieved but like the the things that I've like overcome as well um so I think it's yeah only recently have I like started thinking in that way as I said since I've been at Lewis maybe and, and seeing that picture um of thinking like a role model and 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 that that position that we have at the club so no definitely growing up I didn't even think that I could be like a professional footballer or I didn't I never never really thought about decisions I think the first big decision was to go to America and I didn't realize that the importance and the impact of that decision I don't think like as I said I was a bit like oh yeah I'll go for two weeks if I don't like it I'll come home like um just just you're planning a holiday two weeks yeah, you're honestly. planning a holiday <laughs> <laughs> um I do remember like being at the airport and like crying a little bit and, and not and I think that was a moment again I realized this, this was quite a big decision um but yeah I think one decision kind of just led into the, another and even 
as I've become a bit older, so I remember finishing up in America my fourth year and kind of being quite stressed about um, not knowing what to do next, whether to quit football or, or, and then I had opportunities to play in France. But I think I've learned to not get stressed about the decision-making side of it and because it all kind of work out in the end. Um, so, yeah, one thing just led to another. Obviously, played in France then and, and then came to Lewis. So it, it all works out. It's just um, trying to enjoy those moments rather than be like, oh, this, this could be like the end of the world or... You know, it's, it's, it's big decisions, mm. but um, it, at the end of the day, it is just football. Um, so, yeah, there's bigger things. Is that like your mindset now? Because I always, like, have this debate with one of my cousins who's, like, quite spiritual. Mm. And she's like, oh, do you think, like, believe in destiny? Or do you think... Whereas I'm always like, oh, something will come up. Like, if you're nice to people and, like, work hard, something will always come up. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think there's, there's different levels to it. So I do think... Obviously, you have to have a certain amount of talent anyway. So I think I've mm. learned, like, when I first went to America, I just believed, like, the harder you worked and the more you did, the bigger and the better that you were going to be. And that's not always the case. I think that's a tough yeah. lesson when, when you learn that. Um, and I think to a point when I was in America, maybe my senior year, I was trying so hard and too hard. So that it, it negatively affected my performance. Um, and then I obviously got quite emotional in it because I was investing so much time in trying to have this big role in the team. And then I wasn't playing as many minutes. And then I was, yeah, so maybe anxious to make, and made more mm. mistakes than not relaxing and enjoying those moments. So I think it's important to put everything into perspective. Um, and I think coming to Lewis definitely helped me with that. So like trying to do my master's at the same time. Um, and then just little things like if, if a family member gets ill or something and you're like, wait a minute, like why am I getting so stressed about this football game when there's things like that in life? But um, yeah, I do think like, if you work hard and you're a good person, I do think good opportunities will, will fall your way. And I think more opportunities will fall your way. So, yeah, I think you can always have your values as a person and just try and live by them. Because then even if something goes wrong or if something doesn't happen, then you can still be like proud of yourself. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's good. It's just hard. It's difficult, isn't it? It's just the football environment. Like, there's always going to be setbacks and stuff. And it's like, how quickly can you bounce back and, and be resilient and overcome those moments, I guess? Yeah, with your with your masters whilst playing football, I want to ask: Was it like difficult to not difficult, but like was it a juggle? But I guess from like Bristol times, it's like you're probably this is probably it was normal for you, right? Like that sort of workload was probably regular. Uh, ooh, I don't know if you ask anyone at <laughs> the club. <laughs> I was crying every other day, I think. But it's just like it was a different level. So the masters is is a lot. I didn't think I think underestimated how much work it would be. And I think even though um, at Bristol, I think the A-levels, I probably didn't take as, much, as seriously. And it was still um, not as much expectation on me because I was obviously in the academy then and, and just training with the first team as such. But I think while I've been at Lewis, uh, we very much knew the direction the club wanted to go in, um, especially in my first season. But it was hard. We were playing against teams that were more professional than us. And we were in that maybe transition period where um, things were like... I'd just come from France and playing professional to training back in the nights, studying full time, working two part time jobs, being away from home. So it was a lot of things. It was a difficult year. Um, but now, now Lewis is more full time. I've managed to uh, pass the masters and stuff like that. I can look back and smile. But definitely at the time, there, there wasn't much smiling going on. Put, put it that way. <laughs> right. Let's change. Let's change the song. Let's come off. Let's come off football. We've we've asked you loads about football. Okay, I've got um, one more football question. Oh, he's, he's, he's going to get you. Yeah. Um, speaking of setbacks, well, I guess, especially friendships in football, you and Ellie Leak have like this really 
like interesting story together from like that started from ages. How did it feel when she left and then you see her doing well at Blackburn? It's like, you're happy that she's doing well, but it's like, how do you feel like her not being at Lewis anymore? Yeah, it was, honestly, it was really hard. And I think, um, like you, you speak to Al, I think we, we maybe went to the pub um, quite soon after, like we had the news. And I was, mm. I think I would probably more get it that she got released than if, if I would have got released. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm just so proud of Al. Like she just, whatever setbacks she has, she always seems to like overcome them. And like, she'll be a friend for life, whether she's in Blackburn or like the other side of the world. Um, and I think now is like when she came down, um, and we will get to play against it obviously two two times a year um, and, and we call each other straight after like most games or like leading up we'll call each other most week in, in the week and just catch up um, so I think it's good in a sense so rather than our friendship being based around football so we see each other at training and see each other at matches and like the stress of football can obviously affect that if mm. I'm on the team or she's not on the team or we have a disagreement on the pitch maybe every so often like now our, our friendship is is helping each other. So if things yeah. are not going well at Blackburn or she's doing really well, like I think she scored the winner the other the other mm. week, um, big winner. I think it might have been against Coventry. Um, so yeah. then obviously like straight away, like we were on the phone together and it, it those moments are like still special. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think if anything, there's, there's posit- positive to it, but obviously it took a couple of months and to make sure that she was settled and, and she was happy. And obviously she moved up there with Martha too. Um, she had a big move to Man United so it, it all works out in the end but um, yeah I'm, I would be lying if I said I wasn't good that she wasn't still at Lewis because um, just like having her in my life every day um, is a lot more uh, entertaining but um, it can be hard work I tell you at times yeah. <laughs> right, I want to talk, talk films because me and me and Jay talk films all the time I'm, I'm, I feel like I've watched everything <laughs> So I need I need new recommendations. I need I need new flavors. I need to hear new things. What have you been watching at the moment? Whether it's a film, series, TV show, what 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 thing? Yeah, what that, what I'm saying? definitely more, more a series girl. My attention span is quite small, so to sit me still for like a good hour and a half is is rare. Um, but series Ted Lasso, I think obviously is quite jokey and stuff. But that mm. that's something I find really funny. Again, going back to football, but just like that positive mindset, and um, it goes back to like my American roots as well, I guess. Um, and then Succession. I don't know if you hit that. It's quite big at the moment. I've heard um, of it, yeah. I haven't just, heard of it. What's that about? It's, um, I'm only like three or four episodes in, okay. and apparently I've been told I'm not like getting it at the moment, but I think <laughs> the, it, ah, I need to stick with it. Yeah, but it's one of those. American-based again. I don't know, Liam, if you know more than me, but it's, yeah, like American-based and like this is basically like, this rich family. The guy's really famous. I can't remember his name, so don't judge me, but go and Google it. <laughs> And I think it would be right up your guys' street. But um, yeah, it's just like family dynamics and stuff. And it's quite interesting. Oh, okay. And there's like three series. So it's quite big. But oh, um, so you've got, you can, you've got some in the bank sort of thing to like, yeah. get it through. Yeah. But um, yeah, honestly, I don't like, by the time we finish training, I like obviously it's like watch football and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, I'm more like hanging out with friends or like sunsets and stuff. So I'm, I just like chill out. I don't watch. Getting, we were saying it's getting too cold, but on the on you saying about like <laughs> a film, film has been an hour and a half. Yeah, that's not even that's not even a thing anymore. Like no. two hours plus everything. Else. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I did go and watch the James Bond. That was good. When, when James Bond. Yeah, that was good. If you guys have seen that, I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I'm hearing nothing. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna ruin it. But I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna have a little complain about the opening scene. Okay. What happens? <laughs> well, I'm just not the opening scene, but the opening like sequence. So mm-hmm. his car's getting shot at. Mm-hmm. The person he's in the car with is like hysterical, like really worried. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm sorry, like, it's James Bond, it's an Aston Martin, and you don't think it's bulletproof? Yeah. Like, how well do you know him, really? Like, come <laughs> on, like. So you're saying if you're in this car and someone's shooting at you, you're not flinching. You're there, straight face, yeah. not scared at all. No, no. In, in, <laughs> in, in, in any car, yes. But if I'm in the car with James Bond you and trust Aston Martin, <laughs> I'm safe. You're reading a book. Like, I'm so safe. And it just, it proper got me when she's like, ah, and I was like, I was like, come on. I was like, you know him. Like, <laughs> like come on, there's loads of films. <laughs> but no, it is, it is very, very good. I'd definitely watch it. Um, but I'm I never usually a fan mind. of. I would watch James it in the Bond, cinema, though. Yeah, it's mm. good. Mm. Are you more, do you prefer the cinema than like watching stuff at home? Because we were talking about this as well. Yeah, I think like, obviously like prices and stuff are just like ridiculous, like extortionate. <laughs> at the moment. It's just like, this better be the best one I've ever watched, the money that I'm paying. Yeah. And I'm taking more and I'm sneaking in snacks at this point. Do you know um, that you don't have to sneak in snacks? No. I thought you do. That is, that that is the whole point. That, I think it's something that maybe, I don't know if cinemas invented it, mm. but you can, there's no like rule against it, but it's just one of the things. It's like hearsay that there's a rule against it, but it's not. You can bring in your own snacks. <laughs> Like that's, like that's completely fine, which is mental. It's maybe the chickens, na- the, the Nando situation, where I'm like, yeah. you've got up your top and it out. I'm trying to sneak these sweets in. Um, full roast and a drawstring bag. <laughs> Bring your Chinese. But... Has anyone got the gravy? Just like, <laughs> off your lap. That would be so gross. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely more atmosphere, isn't it, when you go to the cinema, especially for like a, a, a film like James Bond. I feel like if you're watching that in, in your living room and or like your mum or your housemates coming in every five minutes like it's just disturbing you it's just not yeah. the same like you need to nah, go watch yeah. that cinema James Bond is like one of them blockbusters that needs to be in the cinema but yeah. I was saying I can't I can't hear in the cinema I, like I watch everything with subtitles and oh, I have really? done for maybe 10 years now so I can't <laughs> I can't hear TV without subtitles like it doesn't matter how loud it is I'm just like what do you mean? Like, I can't I can't do it it's it's a I love it because it's I feel like I hear and take in so much more and I always know character names like that's the one thing to be like Fred says and my brother would be like oh, like Frank says I'm like who and he's always <laughs> says this and I know who he's talking about I'm like he's, oh, his name is Fred he's like, oh, I know that I'm like, like yeah I got you because I pay attention I do the reading uh, okay so you're one of those that like guess the end before it's happened are you good at that no so I used to be that. but not so much anymore everything everything's everything tries to be too different now yeah. Me, film critic <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like like some things you can you can see that coming but then sometimes like the departed's always the one i think the one that changed me yeah when i watched that and that ended and i was like i know nothing about film mm-hmm. like i know nothing mm-hmm. and then after that i was like i'll never i'll never prejudge ever again <laughs> i'll see it through i'll see it through i'll even wait for the credits if it's marvel <laughs> right guys thank you so much Rian. thank you so much nice. for joining us um I hope you can enjoy the rest of your day now. I hope training wasn't too much. I mean, maybe an Ando's, maybe a film. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. But yeah, as always, Jay, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you all next time. No, pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. See you guys. Sweet. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye.